0: Welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold. And today I've got my friend Jeff Verdorn in studio. And we have, I have looked forward to this all year because it's sort of an annual. We talk about Christ's final week in the uh, in, during this week. And today is uh, no exception. We're going to go over what happened in the final week of Christ. And, uh, you know, Jeff, um, by the way, welcome back to the show. Hi, Bill. Yeah, thank you. And if I were to ask you, Jeff, what day was Jesus mourned?
1: You would probably give me the standard answer Well, I don't know, December 25th, (laughs) wouldn't you? Well, I wouldn't because we actually don't know what day he was born on, but we celebrate his birth on December 25th is what I'd say, something like that. But most people, I mean, I think he was born in the spring. Many scholars, because it's not in Scripture, many scholars have concluded that he was most likely born in late spring, early summer. uh, And then potentially the wise men showed up around... December and the winter solstice and mm-hmm. so we celebrate his birth then and combine those two stories kind of into one but we, we don't know from scripture but the end but his crucifixion we've got a lot of details. a lot of details we do so we're going to find out exactly what happened in the
0: final week of Christ and I will say that I had a guest on an hour ago who offered a different perspective
1: than the one you're going to be offering in this hour. I did listen to that on my way in. So Alec McFarland McFarland is uh, a very wise guy. I always enjoy listening to him. Uh, He did a wonderful job describing the events of the crucifixion. There is – obviously if I'm going to present the case for a Thursday crucifixion instead of a Friday, he ended his show with uh, the Friday, the conclusion that the crucifixion had to happen on a Friday. And uh, we're going to walk through all of the clues of Scripture today, and we'll just let your listener decide. Why why don't we do that? Look, this is a fun conversation to have. The key is, Alex ended it, we're going to end it at this hour, too. The key is that Jesus conquered death and the grave and rose again on Sunday morning. Amen? Amen to that. Yeah. So I'm also going to send a
0: copy of uh, this message to Alex. Because he's a, he's a student of God's Word. I mean, he loves God's Word. He'll probably find this absolutely fascinating. I would I would be very interested to see how he responds uh, to add, that. I'm going to send it to him. I'm going to send it to him. Yeah. 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 Free of charge, by the way. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. let's dig into the final uh, Christ final week. Um, a lot is going on, and you've done a remarkable job of detailing this with this uh, um, elaborate chart, which we're making available to anyone who wants to get it in the podcast later tonight.
1: So we are going to walk through the chronology using Scripture of the final week of Christ's earthly ministry leading up to the resurrection on Sunday. We are going to try to show a couple of things. One, that the crucifixion is actually on Thursday and not Friday. And two, that the last supper that is described in Scripture where Jesus says, take this bread and take this cup in them is a new covenant in my blood is not the Passover meal, that the Passover meal would have been celebrated the next evening after the Last Supper. So obviously, look, these are two very strong traditions in Christianity. I remember sitting in high school in my church, probably around this time of year, around Easter, and the pastor said something about three days and three nights, right? And that Jesus would be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth and then rise again. And I sat there and I distinctly remember counting off, okay, Friday night, Saturday night, Um, that's two. That's only two nights. Where's oh, the well. night? Yeah, where's the third night? Well, I'm just a kid sitting in the pew. He's the minister. He's got the fancy robe on, right? So he must know a lot more than me. Well, it was... Probably not 20 years later, that I started looking at this issue myself and studying the scriptures. And generally speaking, you have to, you, whatever you do, you have to reconcile the fact that Jesus said that he would be in the grave three days and three nights. And most scholars, and in fact, Andy mentioned this, that any part of a single day counts as part of the day in, in, in for Jews. And that's true. When you're counting off days, but but the prophecy is very specific. It says three days and three nights. Well I take that prophecy literally, and if you do take it literally, now you've got Friday night, Saturday night, and well we're missing a night. So what we're going to do is walk through all of the details of the key time references in all of the Gospels and we're going to paint a daily picture walking through the final week. By the way, Jesus also said, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it again. Well, a natural reading of that, if someone said in three days after an event, if it's a Thursday crucifixion, you'd count off three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, he would rise again or raise again this temple, as he said in John uh, chapter 2, verse 19. Uh, so the natural reading of three days and three nights, and I will raise it again in three days, leads us to question whether or not the Friday crucifixion is uh, biblically accurate or is it just a tradition? Now, how did we get to a Friday crucifixion? I think it's, it's simple, that we all recognize that when Jesus died on the cross, they went to the to the authorities and asked for Jesus's body because the Sabbath day was approaching. So on Mark 15:42, we recognize that they were rushing to get Jesus's body down to prepare it and to put it into the grave before sundown because sundown was the start of the Sabbath. And we all know that the weekly Sabbath in Israel starts on Friday evening and goes to Saturday evening. And if you just stop there, you would conclude that the crucifixion must have happened on Friday. Mm -hmm. But as we're going to see, there was another Sabbath that week that plays a critical role, and therefore we have to understand the Passover Sabbath, which was the day before. And that's what we're going to look at today. Awesome. Jeff Redorn is my guest, and we're talking about Christ's final week. We're going to go
0: detail for detail, Scripture by Scripture. So let's uh let's start off where do
1: we start judge we start on uh, the triumphal entry let's we- start first with the Old Testament pattern that was a prediction of the events that are going to happen here on this week all right okay so obviously we all know the Passover the Exodus was the exodus from from Egypt when Israel was enslaved and God raised up Moses to get them out of Israel. And that last plague was the death angel that would come. And so God said, take a lamb, slaughter the lamb, take the blood and put it over your doorpost and the death angel will pass over you. Then year after year after year, that's Exodus chapter 12, by the way, and year after year, Israel was to celebrate this Passover on the first month of their calendar, Nisan, the month of Nisan. And every year after that, they were to celebrate the Passover in remembrance of that event. And so on the – the, and, the, and the instructions for celebrating the Passover are very specific. On the 10th day of the month of Nisan, they were to select a lamb. It was to be a year-old lamb uh, or a goat actually without spot or without blemish. And they would hold that lamb until Nisan the 14th, four days later. And on Nisan the 14th, which was called the day of preparation, they were to slaughter that lamb late in the afternoon and in preparation for the Passover meal that would be that night. We today, right now is nisan the 14th on the hebrew calendar now this year it falls on a wednesday in 32 a.d it actually falls on a thursday so i hope don't get confused here but right now on the it's it's like christmas christmas can occur on any day of the week right Mm -hmm. um and passover depending on what year it is would fall on a different day of the week this year that's day the day of preparation is today so in israel at this time right now they would be sacrificing their lambs getting ready for sundown, which would start the Passover when they would eat the Passover meal and have a special Sabbath. That's what happened on Nisan the 15th. That evening, they would eat the meal, the Passover meal, not leave any of the lamb until morning, and then the Feast of Unleavened Bread would start, Leviticus twenty three six says. That would go on uh, for seven days, and then the next day after the weekly Sabbath, which would be Sunday, they would celebrate the Feast of First Fruits. Well, we're going to see how that's fulfilled in the resurrection of Christ here in just a minute. So that's the Old Testament pattern. So we have to understand this. Nisan the 10th, the lamb is selected. The lamb would be slaughtered late in the afternoon on Nisan the 14th, and then that evening, which would then be Nisan the 15th, the next day on the Jewish calendar. At 6 o'clock, it starts a new day? Correct. So be that's the 15th. Sundown, sundown, whatever town okay, sundown yeah, is, course. but around 6, 6.30 in Israel at this time of year. Um, that would be the next day. And that's the day they would eat the lamb. They would eat the Passover meal. All right, so there's the Old Testament pattern. Now in my chart, because Israel's days are different than our days. Like we just said, the days start at sundown and go to the next sundown. Our days start at midnight, right? So on my chart, I show the days and the nights, the Hebrew days and the Julian dates. Now, we're on our Gregorian calendar now, but back then we used Julian dates. So uh, it, it's kind of a nit. but just note that these are Julian dates and not Gregorian dates. So now, or maybe when we come back, we yeah, should start take... the New Testament fulfillment of the events that are predicted or prophesied by the Passover.
0: All right. Great start, Jeff Verdorn. We're going to come back with Christ's final week. And we've got a pretty interesting chart, which is uh, quite detailed, filled with Scripture that will be made available in the podcast. So when you go to MyFaithRadio.com tonight, uh, when this gets uh up you will find these uh, this chart we'll be right back if you'd like to know more about what it means to begin a relationship with Christ or to chat with someone about it just text the word faith to 41224 welcome back to the show. Jeff Ferdorn is my guest. We're in the final week of the life of Jesus. All right, Jeff, I don't want to
1: want to get right back to the the uh, material. Well, let's jump in. So we just looked at the Old Testament pattern and how that's going to be fulfilled then by Jesus. So let's start with some of the in John chapter 12. And look at one of the first references of of timing that we see. So in John 12, verse 1, it says, it was six days before the Passover, and Jesus arrives at Bethany. Now, we're going to see that this will be a pattern, that in the evening, Jesus will, uh, will sleep, will reside in Bethany. He'll come back into Jerusalem, retreat back to Bethany, and he will do that Saturday night, Sunday night, Monday night, and Tuesday night, all the way leading up until the crucifixion. So he arrives at Bethany six days before. Well, this is Saturday because we know from verse 12 that the next day he's going to enter into Jerusalem on a donkey. Well, that's Palm Sunday. We know that that happens on the first day of the week. So in six days, count off from Saturday, Nisan the 9th, six days, and you get the 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th. So we can see already that the Passover meal is going to be eaten on the 15th. That fits. The next day, Palm Sunday, Jesus enters in on a donkey. That is, by the way, a fulfillment of prophecy from Zechariah 14, which says your Messiah will come to you riding on a donkey. He fulfilled that. Jesus went into the temple, Mark 11, and clears the temple. Mark 11, verse 12. He then leaves, goes to Bethany, where he spends the night. And then, like I said, that's going to be the pattern going forward. So that's Palm Sunday. Now, note one other thing about Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday just happens to be the fulfillment of a most amazing prophecy in Daniel 9 that predicts the timing of the coming of the Messiah. Very, very briefly— Daniel 9 says from the issuing of the decree to restore Jerusalem until your Messiah, the anointed one, comes, there will be a very specific period of time. Well, you figure out that specific period of time, and guess what? From the issuing of the decree in Nehemiah chapter 2 until Jesus rides into Jerusalem on a donkey was precisely to the day the fulfillment of the prophecy that God said in Daniel 9 to expect your Messiah. And for the first time, Israel is now accepting Jesus, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And I would conclude that this is Israel selecting their lamb because this is Nisan the 10th, the very day that Israel would be selecting their lamb for the Passover meal. Cool. Jesus is now selected. Palm Sunday, he retreats to Bethany. The next morning, the next day, Mark eleven twelve, he enters into Jerusalem. He curses the fig tree. Remember that? That's in Mark eleven as well. Um, he clears the temple. It says in Mark eleven fifteen, and it's like, oh wait, wait a minute. I thought he cleared the temple earlier that we just saw, and in, in, it's described in Matthew on the day that he rides in on, on the donkey in Jerusalem. But here in Mark, it says he clears the temple, and this seems to be the next day, and I think it is. I think we can conclude that Jesus cleared the temple on Sunday, and, and of course, you know, everybody listened to him and packed up and went home, right? No, I no. don't think so. I think they all set up again, so the next day he arrives, arrives in Jerusalem, and he clears the temple out again. And so Scripture indicates that he cleared the temple on Sunday and he cleared the temple again on Monday. Evening comes on Monday, he retreats back to Bethany, Mark 11, 19. In the morning, now this is Tuesday morning, Peter sees the fig tree withered. They arrive again in Jerusalem and there are all the parables and teachings of Mark 12 and 13, Matthew 22, and 23, Jesus is, Jesus leaves the temple, and there is what is called the Olivet Discords. Now, this is a very famous speech, Matthew 24, where Jesus says, Do you see all these buildings? Aren't they wonderful? He tells them this prophecy. Not one stone will be left upon another. And the disciples are amazed, and they ask him, When will this happen, and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? Well, we know from history that that event is fulfilled in 70 AD when Titus comes and destroys the temple, leaving not one stone upon another, perfectly fulfilling the prophecy of Jesus. Cool. That's so, really all, cool. Yeah. All the teachings of Matthew 24 and 25 is on the Mount of Olivet. He's returning to Bethany that night, and now it says in Matthew 26, verse 2, that the Passover is two days away. So we're in the evening now on Tuesday, which would be Nisan the 13th and the Passover is two days away, 13th, 14th and 15th. Yes, indeed, we're still on track. Jesus is anointed at Bethany. This is where Mary and Martha have their fight and and, and he's anointed with the perfume and Judas says, why didn't you sell that and give it to the poor? But we learn that he was really stealing money from the money bag and and that's why he, he wanted to sell it and take the money. He then goes, Judas then goes to the chief priests, and he starts the process of betraying Jesus, Mark 14, 10. We then come to the next day, Wednesday. We actually don't have any descriptions of the events during the day on Wednesday. But we do have descriptions of what happens that evening. So it says this in Matthew 26, verse 17, it says, On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which is the preparation day for the Passover, and we see that in John 13, it was before the Passover feast, meaning the Passover is yet future, and the evening meal was served. So this evening meal on Wednesday night is the evening meal where Jesus is going to take bread and take wine, uh, bless it, and make this new covenant But we see already, we've already seen the first clue that the Passover feast was still yet future. In fact, we confirm this with a couple very uh, important passages. First is John 13, 29. Do you remember where Judas is going to portray Jesus and go off? And Ju- Jesus does the whole thing where the one who dips his hand in the cup after me will be the one who portrays me. It's Judas who does that. He then leaves to, and he's told, go buy, I'm sorry, the disciples believe that he's going to buy what is needed for the feast. For Passover. For Passover. Mm-hmm. Now, if the last supper was the Passover meal... Why would everybody believe and and Him being instructed to go buy what is necessary for the Passover feast? And where's the lamb that they should be eating if it's the Passover? Very good question, because what do we see of the Passover meal? We see bread and we see wine. The main ingredient or the main uh, item that's served at the Passover meal is the lamb. Mm-hmm. There is no lamb. So here's one of the first kind of... Uh, uh, Where we diverge from tradition is that most believe that the Last Supper was the Passover meal, but it's clearly not the Passover. When Jesus says, go and find the upper room, go and prepare a place, and this is where we're going to eat the Passover, he's doing that on Wednesday evening because Wednesday evening starts what's called preparation day. It's the day of preparation before. Passover. This is the best way to think about this. Many years ago, we we would prepare for Christmas on the day before Christmas, Christmas Eve. So most families would trim their trees, they would wrap their presents, they would put up their decorations, and they would prepare for Christmas, which was the next day. Now we don't recognize that anymore because we start preparing for Christmas like in October or, you know, something before <laughs> Halloween. we, you know, we got our Christmas lights up way before. But in the old days, the day before Christmas was the preparation day for Christmas. In the same way, the day before the Passover is called in Scripture preparation day. It's the day when they would prepare the room, they would sacrifice their lamb, and they would get ready for the Passover meal, which would come the next sundown, the next day, which was to be a special Sabbath, which we'll talk about in a minute, where they were to do no regular work. So they weren't, they weren't to prepare the meal on this on the Passover day, because that's a Sabbath. They were to prepare everything the day before. Wednesday evening is the start of preparation day. That's the room where they would have the Passover the next night, not that night. So at the Last Supper, Jesus is reclining at the table. He takes the bread, he takes the wine. Judas leaves to go what is uh, to to buy what is needed for the feast which would be the next night and one more verse uh, I'm jumping ahead just a little bit John 18 after Jesus is arrested we'll get here after the break but John, when Jesus is arrested they are they, they they he's brought to Pilate's house and the Jews wanting to be clean to eat the passover don't go into his house meaning clearly the passover hasn't happened yet. They, they, The Passover is yet future. So the next morning after the Lord's Supper, after the Last Supper, the Jews are still refusing to go into the Gentiles' house because they wanted to be clean to eat the Passover, which would happen that evening on Nisan the 15th, not on Preparation Day, Nisan the 14th.
0: All right. We're going to take a break and come back and continue this study of the final week of Jesus with Jeff Verdorn. We've got a Lovely chart that he has made available, which will be in the podcast later tonight. So you can check that out at MyFaithRadio.com. We'll be right back.
1: Show with Bill
0: Arno. Drive time, drive time, let's get it started. Jump in your car, yeah. what's for dinner? Yeah. It's the Afternoon
1: Show with Bill Arno.
0: Having a great study with Jeff Ferdorn We are in the final week of Jesus. And uh, Jeff, I know there's going to be some uh, interested people like myself when you hear Jesus... Um, saying, I desire to eat this Passover with you, does it sound like that's something that they were doing at the time? But clearly not. There were two different events. There was the Last Supper and then the Passover.
1: I just heard a teaching on YouTube here just this week, and it was that this passage in Luke 22, verses 14, 15, 16, where Jesus says, I desire to eat this Passover with you, but will not until I eat it again in the kingdom. Well, Jesus is saying, I desire to eat this Passover with you, which is tomorrow night, hmm. and but I'm not going to because I'm going to be crucified and I won't eat it again until we come into the kingdom. And many look at that and say, see, that's proof that the Last Supper is the Passover meal because he's eating the Passover right then. But if you go in with that, with that assumption that the Last Supper is the Passover, that's how you're going to read that verse. If you understand that the Passover is not until the next night, It still makes perfect sense that Jesus says, I desire to eat this Passover with you in this same room that that we're in right now for the Last Supper tomorrow night, but I'm not going to because I'm going to die and I won't eat it again until I come into my kingdom. And, And by the way, during the millennial kingdom of Christ, when he sets that up, we will all celebrate the Passover again annually as a reminder of what Christ did on the cross. So cool. All right. The Last Supper, they leave the upper room. They go to the Garden of Gethsemane. And this is where, in fact, when I was listening to Alex in the previous hour, he did a wonderful job ta- describing the events of this prayer and that he sweat blood and all of the events of the garden. And Jesus is arrested, Matthew 26, 47. He is brought before Caiaphas. This is then when Jesus denies Pe- uh, Peter denies Jesus, three times, Matthew 26. It's early the next morning then, so now we're on Thursday morning. It's still Nisan the 14th, which is preparation day. That's key, remember that. Early the next morning, Jesus is handed over to Pilate, and John eighteen twenty-eight gives us one of the other keys that we mentioned before the break. It says that the Jews did not enter Pilate's palace because they wanted to be clean to be able to eat the Passover. I, I i mean, that verse right there seems proof positive that the Passover hasn't been eaten yet, that it wasn't going to be eaten until sundown that evening on Nisan the 15th. What verse is that again, Jeff? That's John eighteen twenty-eight, And it clearly says that they wanted to be clean to eat the Passover. So clearly the Passover meal hasn't happened yet. Pilate then sends Jesus over to Herod. He comes back to Pilate. It's now John 19, verse 14, the day of preparation, about the sixth hour, and Pilate says, here is your king. Now, remember, it was the governor's custom at the feast to release a prisoner. Now, it'd be interesting. Again, clearly, this is an indication that the feast hasn't happened yet. It's still yet future. It's going to be eaten that evening. And it says at the feast, it's custom to release a prisoner. And, of course, we know that they did not release Jesus. The crowds cried out, crucified him. And Pilate handed him to be over to be crucified. And there was darkness in the land from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, Matthew 27 verse 45. That's about noon to three, by the way. So darkness in Israel for about three hours. Matthew 27 then tells us around the ninth hour, so mid-afternoon, Jesus dies. Now, I want to point something out that on this day, this day of preparation, this is Nisan the 14th. Remember the Old Testament pattern. It was at this exact moment, according to Exodus 12 and Leviticus 23, that the Passover lamb that was selected four days before on Nisan the 10th would be slaughtered and prepared for the evening Passover meal that night. So understand, while all of Israel is, I I get emotional just talking about it, when all of Israel is sacrificing their lambs, At the exact same moment, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, is dying on the cross. That is how precisely Jesus fulfills the prophetic picture of the Passover. Hmm. Now this day, now then evening comes, and we know that it's the day before the Sabbath, Mark uh, Fifteen, Matthew twenty-seven, Luke twenty-three, John nineteen, all tell us that the, when Jesus dies, Joseph of Arimathea asks for the body of Jesus to prepare it and put it into tomb before the Sabbath. Now, as I mentioned at the start of the hour, this is the time. This is probably the main reason why tradition and most churches believe that Jesus was crucified on a Friday, because they, they, they believe that the the Sabbath that is described here is the weekly Sabbath that starts on Sundown Friday. However, it's clear from John and other places that this is the day of preparation and that the next day, John nineteen thirty one, was to be a special Sabbath. In fact, the feast of Passover is described this way in Leviticus twenty three, verse seven. On that day, on the Passover day, on Nisan the 15th, they are to hold a sacred assembly and do no regular work. It's a Sabbath. It's a special Sabbath. Now, remember, the Passover can land on any day of the week because it's 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 a date. It's Nisan the 15th. But in 32 AD, I, I forgot to mention that. This, by the way, is in 32 AD when all of these events fit perfectly. In 32 AD, Nisan the 15th and this special Sabbath that was to be held and remembered every single year on this day started on Thursday at sundown. So we had the feast Sabbath, Thursday sundown to Friday sundown. And then we had the regular Sabbath, sundown Friday to sundown Saturday. There were two Sabbath days in a row. Once again, John nineteen thirty one. Now it was the day of preparation, Nisan the 14th, and the next day was to be a special Sabbath, the Passover Sabbath, the feast Sabbath. Sundown Thursday. That's the Sabbath that they were rushing to beat to get the body of Jesus in the tomb before sundown. Now comes the prophecy John, I'm sorry, Matthew 12, verse 40. Jesus says, I'm going to give you a sign. One more sign I'm going to give you to prove to you that I am who I say I am. Just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. He will descend to Hades in the paradise side of Hades. We've talked about that on the show before. Just as he said in John chapter 2, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up again. So let's count it off. He's in the grave on Thursday, day before sundown, day one. Thursday evening, evening one, night one. Friday day, night uh, day two, Friday night, that's evening two. Saturday day, that's day three. Saturday night, that's night three. Now we get to the resurrection. By the way, before we get to the resurrection, Matthew twenty-seven sixty-two is often used to show that, see, Jesus was crucified on a Friday. It says that the next day, the one after preparation day, the, the day after Jesus was crucified, the Pharisees go out to guard the tomb, and it's described that this day was a Sabbath day, and therefore many conclude that that must be Saturday. But it's really Friday, and the Sabbath that, is, that that happens on is the special Sabbath of the Passover, not the weekly Sabbath, which comes the next day. So a couple of back-to-back Sabbaths. There's a back-to-back Sabbath, two Sabbaths in a row. They had kind of like a long weekend. You know, when, when Christmas falls on a Friday, yeah. we get an extra long weekend. Mm. That's what's happening here. So they had to get the body in the tomb before the start of the special Sabbath. Correct. And then there was the regular Sabbath and so no one because of the two sabbaths in a row that's why the women waited until sunday first light to go to the tomb to prepare the body because there was no other opportunity in those in that time frame to do it because we had the passover sabbath then we had the regular weekly sabbath so the first opportunity they have to prepare the body that's not a sabbath is Sunday morning first light. Well, guess what? Matthew 28, verse 1. After the Sabbaths at dawn on the first day of the week, John 20 says, early the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed. Christ is out of the tomb before first light on Sunday, which he had to be. If there's three days... If a new day would have started, right? If a new day would have started, Mm. then the prophecy wouldn't be correct. Three days and three nights. does the new day start, though, at six or at sundown? It does, but we are counting off three days and three nights, remember. Okay. So we have Thursday day, Friday day, Saturday day. Okay. We have Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. Okay. Three days, three nights. If he's in the tomb, first light Sunday morning, now all of a sudden he's in the tomb for four days yeah. and three nights. And it wouldn't be precise. And we know scripture is absolutely precise. Some object to the fact that, well, wait a minute. He was only in the tomb for part of a day, hours on Thursday. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, clearly just a part of the day on Thursday. But that counts as one of the days. The only way that he could be in the tomb for three full days and three full nights is Is if he was crucified at sundown, I'm sorry, sunrise, and he rose exactly at sunrise, then it would be exactly three full days and three full nights. But remember, the prophecy doesn't say that. It just says three days and three nights. Mm -hmm. And as is commonly taught, any part of the day counts as part of the day. So Thursday is the first day, Friday the second, Saturday the third, Thursday night the first night. Friday night, the second night, Saturday night, the third night. And scripture tells us that Jesus has already resurrected before first light. Do you see how precise scripture is? Very cool. It is. Now, one last little tidbit that's huge that I found. I'm on version 10 of this chart, and I didn't find this until much later after I started this study. And that is Matthew 28, verse 1. If you look at your English Bibles on this verse, it says, after the Sabbath, singular, at dawn on the first day of the week. But when you look at the Greek, you realize that the Greek for Sabbath there is actually plural. But there's literally no English Bibles that translate that plural Greek word Sabbaths in the plural. They all translate it as singular, Because the translators, I guess, have decided, well, it doesn't make any sense to say after the Sabbaths, plural, because the weekly Sabbath is just one Sabbath. They missed the fact that there were two Sabbaths. And in Matthew 28, verse 1, the precision of Scripture and the Greek itself says, after the Sabbaths, with an S— At dawn at the first day of the week, meaning after the two Sabbaths. There's only one English translation that I've ever found that translates it properly in the plural. Now, I have seen several study Bibles that will make a text note Mm -hmm. that says the Greek literally says Sabbaths, meaning plural, Sabbaths, and they'll indicate that. Uh, But I think it's Young's literal translations, the only English translation that I've ever found that actually translates that as plural. Seems like kind of a significant point, Jeff. It is one of these little clues that fits perfectly into this precise timeline of his final week with the Thursday crucifixion. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And how often do we think
1: of Sabbath meaning Sabbaths plural? Ah, uh, uh, we we don't. But I didn't that's, think so. Yeah, that's precisely what the Greek says, and Scripture once again. We can trust it. It is precise. But we have to translate it properly and understand it properly as well.
0: All right, we'll take a short break. When we come back, we'll wrap up Christ's final week with Jeff Verdorn in just a minute. Faith Radio and Afternoons with Bill podcasts are available because of listener support. If you are a supporter... Thank you so much. Becoming a supporter today by visiting MyFaithRadio.com. The way they keep on telling me time and time again, boy, you never win. You never win.
1: But the voice of truth tells me a different story. Thank you
0: for listening. I hope you are enjoying this hour with Jeff Redorn. We are in the final week of Jesus' life. All right Jeff. let's keep it moving.
1: We have a lot of time left. Well, we uh have set a pattern here of looking at the very specific details of the time references of this final week. Remember, it's described in all four Gospels. In fact, all four Gospels spend an uh, an inordinate amount of time on all of the events of this final week. Where the Lamb is selected on the 10th day of Nisan, we know that was Sunday, that was Palm Sunday. We know that was the first day of the week. We have the events of the week leading up to the Last Supper, which would have been Wednesday night, which, by the way, instead of Monday Thursday, which is a celebration of the Last Supper, this means that we should be celebrating Monday, Wednesday. Wednesday night is the Last Supper. We see bread and wine, but no lamb. He tells Judas to go buy what is necessary for the feast, meaning the feast is yet future. Although the lamb was at that meal. (laughs) Good point. (laughs) He was there, it just wasn't being served. He was. And and what lamb is at its own meal, right? Exactly. So he was at the Last Supper. You're right, the lamb was there. That's a very good point, Bill. That was very good. Um, they are. They leave, they go out to the Garden of Gethsemane, he's arrested, he's brought before Pilate, but the Jews don't go in because they wanted to be clean to eat the Passover. Once again, clearly showing the Passover meal hasn't happened yet. Now, on this day, the day of preparation, Nisan the 14th, that is the day that all of Israel would sacrifice their lambs late in the afternoon, according to Leviticus. And it's at that same moment that the Lamb of God would be on the cross, dying for the sins of the world. It's that evening then, after sundown on Nisan the 15th, which would be a special Sabbath, a feast Sabbath, the Passover Sabbath, when Israel would eat the evening meal, they would eat the Passover meal, Thursday evening. We then have a Sabbath on Friday. We then have the regular Sabbath on Saturday, fulfilling very specifically the three days and three nights that Jesus himself said he would be in the tomb and was risen from the grave prior to sunlight on Sunday. And that's when he first sees Mary. Then later in the day, he sees the other women then he meets two men on the road to Emmaus, for example, in Luke chapter 24. And he says something interesting there. It says that actually the two men say something interesting then. Jesus shows up and he basically says, hey, guys, what are you doing? And he says, well, where have you been? Haven't you heard all the events? And he says, well, you know, what events? It's like, well, this man, powerful, and word indeed and comes. And, and he was crucified. And besides, it's been three days since all this took place, they said. Well, any natural reading of that. Three days since this took place. That means it took place on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's been three days since all this has taken place. He then appears to Peter, then to the 12 disciples. And of course, in Acts chapter 1, he appears to many. And from the Mount of Olives, he ascends up to heaven. And the angels say to Israel there, Men of Galilee, what are you looking at? The same Jesus will come back in the same way that he had left And prophecy tells us that he will return to the Mount of Olives, the same spot that he went up to heaven. So, um, but clearly the resurrection happens on the first day of the week. Now, tradition obviously is a very powerful thing. So tradition for many centuries has been, we celebrate Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, Crucifixion Day, and then Resurrection Day on Sunday. Now this timeline, and and I'm not the only one who's ever done this. There have been many people throughout the centuries who have concluded that in fact, scripture points to a Thursday crucifixion, not a Friday. So what do we do with this information? I joke, it's like in my class on Sunday, I I did this in, in my home church and I said, so what should we do? Should we all march into our senior pastor's office and demand that we have good Thursday instead of good Friday? It's like, no, I find this so fascinating. But the key to this is that Scripture tells us that death could not hold Jesus. The grave could not contain him. And he is risen, as the angel says to Mary, just as he said he would. In fact, over and over and over in the Gospels, Jesus told his followers That he would be handed over to the Gentiles, he would be crucified, but he would be raised to life on the third day. And that is precisely what he did. He was raised to life, he submitted to the cross, died on that cross, and in three days rose again. And Christianity is based on that, right? I mean, all of Christianity hinges on the truth that Christ rose from the grave. Jeff, the precedent that we learn in the Old
0: Testament does leave a pretty strong clue as to what happened this week. With the selection of the lamb,
1: four days later it would be slaughtered, and Jesus is following this pattern. It is, and if you understand the other three feasts, the first feast of Israel, the four feasts that happened, um in the spring, Passover is the first feast. Unleavened bread is the next feast. We mentioned that. So on the Passover day, that was the start of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And that was purging of all leaven. It's a symbol of sin. And, well, Christ died for sins. He was buried. That fulfilled the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And then he rose on first fruits. So that Sunday in 32 AD would have been the celebration of first fruits. It would be a wave offering that they would make to God. Well, Christ is our first fruits. 1 Corinthians 15, 20 tells us that. And then, of course, on uh, Pentecost, which would happen uh, 50 days after the the Passover meal, they would have the P- Feast of Pentecost or the Feast of Weeks. And, of course, that is when the Holy Spirit comes upon the believers uh, and the church is born. We are now filled with the Holy Spirit, born again. So, look, this pattern of precise fulfillment of the Old Testament patterns of the feast was fulfilled exactly in the person of Jesus Christ, and you—you uh, you think, especially when like John the Baptist says, "Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world." All of Israel would have understood the picture that John the Baptist was trying to to make. For fifteen hundred years, Israel had been celebrating this Passover feast and slaughtering this lamb year after year after year as a sacrifice for sin. So when John makes the announcement here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, the substitute had arrived. He had. And, you know, you'd think all of Israel would have recognized that, but as we read through, like the book of John, some believed his message and followed him, but others thought he was heretical, thought Mm -hmm. he was of the devil and wanted to kill him.
0: Jeff, what was one of your happier moments in all of your research with this final week?
1: You know, when I this actually, I started this as as a question in a class I was teaching. And I said, you know, I don't know the answer to that question. I'm going to have to go study that. So I went and studied that. And weeks later, I came up with my first version of this chart, concluding that Jesus actually was crucified on a Thursday. And now I'm on, on version 10 here. Uh, this whole study is just amazes me, the precision of scripture. But I, I have to say that discovering that moment when I figured out that Matthew 28, verse 1, was plural for Sabbaths and how it fit perfectly into this model. I mean, it was like verse, version 7 that I finally, I think, figured that out. It's like, oh, that is really, really cool. Mm. So I have to go home and throw away nine charts? <laughs> <laughs> the first nine versions? No, I. you know, this version 10, I think last year I had version 9. It okay. just changed a little okay. bit, this version. So. yeah. And it's it's awfully full of stuff. So I hope it's understandable to those who will download it and take a look at it and follow this teaching. And I hope it makes sense. There's a lot of detail here.
0: Yeah, visually, it's a little overwhelming when you first look at it. If you go through the message that we just got, we're just concluding, with that this chart in front, in front of you, it will make a big difference in understanding it. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Jeff, thank you once again for the final week of Jesus. It's been a wonderful study, and I appreciate you doing this with me every year. It's always something I look forward to.
1: I do, too. It's my pleasure, Bill. Yeah.
0: And this chart will be available in the podcast. If you go to MyFaithRadio.com, you should be able to download it without any problems when the download becomes available. All right, that is all we have for today. I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Guy Talk will happen, so get your questions ready, and then Tom Berkowitz is going to join me. He's a Messianic Jew who's a friend, and he's going to talk about Passover. That is what's on uh, for tomorrow. So have a great night, everyone, and I'll see you soon.